Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Let's get into the Word of God. We're going to continue with discerning the times. It's important to know what time it is. And I want to encourage all those who are listening to be there on Tuesday night because I'm going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine and what that really means. And we're going to go to one of the minor prophets and God is going to reveal some things that will make it clear. Discerning the times is not about knowing the spiritual climate in the local church. That's a part of it, but that is a manifestation of something broader. You, discern, you know what time it is by assessing what's going on with the nations. When Jesus comes back, he's going to judge the nations. Nations will rise against nation. And there are things that are happening that God wants us to be clear-eyed about. Today I'll touch just a little bit, but on Tuesday we're going to devote our time where we continue with the ecclesia on the times, the times we're in, and what does it mean according to the scripture. Today, we're going to focus on a specific discernment practice. You know there's five of those, but today we're going to talk about hearing. We're going to focus on hearing. It's important to hear And preaching has a role in hearing. Paul said, how can they hear without a preacher? God wants somebody to hear today. I want to lay a foundation before we get into our primary text, which is in the book of Judges, with something that Jesus demonstrated for us. It's found in John 11, chapter, I mean, verse 41 and 42, two verses. This is just for a foundation. Hearing is a two-way street. It's important that we know that God hears us, and then we need to have the sensitivity spiritually to hear God. In John 11, 41 and 42, it reads, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. In the presence of those who are around the tomb of Lazarus, he speaks in the past tense. He said, I know you've already heard me. Let's go to verse 42. And I know that you always, now he brings it to the present tense, always hear me. And I know that you always hear me. I never come to you and have any doubt that you hear me. You always hear me. That's important for us to know when we go to God in prayer that he always hear us. But Jesus gives the reason why he's speaking audibly about these things. He said, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. I can imagine Jesus in his spirit is saying, God, I told them 
who I am, Father. I told them I'm the resurrection, I'm the life, but they're not hearing me. They're still despondent and sad. I told them that if they only would believe, they're going to see the glory of God, but they still are without hope. They told me he stinks now. He's been dead for four days, but I know you hear me, and I need these people to hear me. So I'm saying what I'm saying with an audible voice so that when they see this man who's dead come to life, they're going to know who I am, and they're going to know that you and I are one. Sometimes hearing is made perfect when you see something. See something that you haven't believed. Jesus correlated hearing with believing. He said, I'm saying this so that they would believe that you sent me. I, they don't know who I am. Father, there are some of them who have an intimate relationship with me. Father, you know Mary, how much she cares about me. She washed my feet with her hair, with her tears in her hair. She's so grateful that I cast seven demons out of her. But there's still this dullness of hearing. Last week, when Peace was here with me, we talked about a young man who had endured some surgeries and had an implant in his head and a hearing device. And when he was at an outdoor service, by the laying on of hands, he was able to hear. And he took the device, he ran up to the stage and said, I don't need this. God is saying that some of you are going to be able to hear so clearly that the things that you depend on today for hearing, you're going to be able to say, I don't need this. I'm talking about spiritual hearing. This young man, when he had that experience, his mother, who had endured the surgeries and all those things, and you know how the heart of a parent is for their son, came up lifting her hands with her son's embrace. This reminds me of an experience that happened right here probably about a decade ago. It was a day when my brother from another mother, Reverend Bracco, was preaching, standing right here. And you know when Reverend Bracco brings the word, the authority and the power of God is released with it. But that day, it wasn't about the laying on of hands. It wasn't about people being slain in the spirit. He did something that he doesn't often do. That day he wept. He wept as he spoke to the people of God, compelling us. And I will never forget this day for a couple of reasons, because his dear wife at the time, Edith, would always sit right over here to my left. But that day she was up in the balcony. She was up in the balcony sitting with her daughter. And after Reverend Bracco finished ministering, they walked down these stairs and they came up. 
And Reverend Bracco looked. He was a little bit stunned. He didn't know what was going on. And Frida wanted to say something. She had tears in her eyes. She was weeping. She took the mic and spoke with a boldness that I'd never witnessed Frida speak. And she communicated what God had said to her. After the service, I spoke with Reverend Bracco, and if, you, if he's watching, he'll remember this. And to his dear wife, Edith, who's now among the cloud of witnesses. And I looked in her eyes as she said, this is the first time that Frida heard the voice of God. And I could see the joy that they had as parents that their child had heard from God. It was a moment that was greater than the preaching, greater than anything. How much more does God's heart break when his children hear from him? I'm talking about really hear him. There are times and circumstances and situations in our lives that make us dull of hearing. Sometimes it's the culture that consumes us. Sometimes it's personal strife and conflict and issues and crises. Sometimes it's a lack of self-esteem. It's the, it is the circumstances of our birth. It's focusing on what we don't have and we're consumed with those things and we miss God. A simple act this morning, God got my attention. I had to go get some gas before coming in and anyone who's been to the pump lately, you know gas is almost $5, $5 a gallon. It's very close, like a dime, another dime, we're going to be at five. That means if you need 20 gallons of gas, it's $100. And as I was standing at the pump and the number was going up, the Lord said, there are too many people who focus on what they don't have and they miss what they have. And I began to give God thanks because there were no bombs falling in my neighborhood. My children are warm and fed. There was nothing, the, the, the thing that was happening with the numbers going up on the pump was a small thing. And God said to me, there's somebody who doesn't have a car. There's somebody living in a hut somewhere in the world with no running water. And I begin to give God praise. I begin to give God thanks before I even got to the church. God wants us to hear him even when things seem hard. I want you to know he's still working. He wants us to know that he loves us in every situation and he's got us. There's nothing that shall befall you that God hasn't already prepared you for. Let's go to our text today as we get into hearing and understanding the times. The first thing that we must do, Judges 6, 1 and 2, is the scripture I want to use to establish this, is to understand the spiritual climate. It reads, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Verse 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel 
Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. For the people who were living in Israel at the time, they didn't understand what was happening. They thought God had forsaken them. But the text makes clear that the spiritual climate was what it was for them because they did evil in the sight of the Lord. It was easy for them to see what God wasn't doing in their perception, but they had no idea that they caused the climate because as the people of God, if they walk upright, if we walk upright before him, no good thing will he withhold from us. So the first thing in discerning the times is discerning the spiritual climate. And as I said earlier, it's not about what's happening in the local church, it's nations. And right now, you can see some things that are happening that if you understand them, it's like, ah, I see what that is. I understand what that's leading to because it's just a sign it is a sign of what is to come. Let me not veer off to the right or to the left. Let's go a little deeper. Stay in Judges 6, verses 11 through 17. Judges 6, beginning at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joaz, Joash, the Aborizite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. He had to hide it because whatever they had, they took all their crops, they took everything because they wanted to weaken them. They wanted them to be totally dependent on them. Verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. I'm talking about hearing. We're still talking about hearing. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Let's pause here for a moment. I read verses 1 and 2 of Judges 6 so that we could see by the word of God what the spiritual climate was, and what caused it. Gideon was born into a family and into a culture that wasn't really godly. He's an Israelite, so he heard the stories of the miracles in Egypt, but he's saying, my life, I don't see that. In my generation, that's not happening. I'm hiding in caves. Everybody is hiding out. We can't even eat food in public because the Midianites have enslaved us. 
And his father was a worshiper of Baal. In fact, God challenged Gideon not long after this to go and tear down the altar of Baal so that Gideon's heart would turn towards him. The angel is speaking to him, calls him a mighty man of valor. Gideon's like, no, you got the wrong guy. Not me. First of all, you say the Lord has said this? Where's the Lord? All his miracles, where are they? He's forsaken us. He has turned us over to Midian. I want you to know something. God is a God of times and seasons. It was an appointed time, seven years. The seven years were up. Gideon didn't know that. He wasn't in a house that was spiritual. They were spiritual, but for the wrong things. It was Baal worship. And so now he's having an encounter. The Lord is telling me to speak this to somebody. It doesn't matter the circumstances that you live in or that you have lived in. An encounter with God has nothing to do with that. There could have been witchcraft in your house. There could have been all manner of ungodliness. But when God is ready for you, for the thing that he's destined to do, nothing will keep him from you. He just wants you to hear him. Somebody say, Lord, I hear you. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 14. Now, you saw in verse 11 and 12, the angel spoke to him. This is how the Lord cares about us hearing him. Then the Lord turned to him. He sent an angel, but the messenger wasn't getting through. Then the Lord himself came. Some of you haven't responded to the messenger of God. I'm telling you the day is coming where the Lord himself is going to come to get your attention. He knows how to do it. And I want you to see something as we continue in this text. Gideon didn't even hear the Lord because he wasn't sure it was him. He's like, do you know who I am? Why would the Lord speak to me? Some of you need to get over your Gideon complex. He cares about you. I think about the circumstances that I was born into. I think about the poverty and all those things. But my identity is not in that. I've been crucified with Christ. And now the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. That's what I was, but that's not what I am. I'm a new creation in him. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The self-esteem problems that I once had, I don't have no more. Because in him, I live and I move and I have my being. Somebody needs to hear this today. You don't have to worry about you not having enough or you not being enough. You serve a God who's more than enough. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Can you hear the Lord saying, it's yours. This might of yours. Here's Gideon who saw himself as a grasshopper in his own eyes. And the Lord said, not the angel, go in this might of yours. There's some things that are already yours. I want you to know all things are yours. All things are yours if you're in him. He said, go in this might of yours. You need to go get 
what's already yours. Some of you don't even know what's yours because you're focusing on what you don't have and you're missing what's already yours. It's yours. It's yours. I wish somebody would type to encourage somebody else. It's yours. It's yours. Fill up the chat with, it's yours. Somebody needs to know it's yours. It's already yours. It's not your neighbors. It's not your bosses. It's yours. It's not your mothers. It's not your fathers. It's yours. It's not your sisters. It's not your brothers. It's not your pastors. It's yours. It's already yours. Let the Lord speak to you today and let you know it's yours. Let's go to the next verse. Somebody's hearing. Somebody's hearing. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm least in my father's house. He's saying, do you understand that the tribe I'm in is not even one of the named 12 tribes? I'm a half-tribe, and I'm the weak. My clan, my family is the weakest, and I'm the least in the family. I'm the least in my father. It's like, no, no, you got the wrong one, Lord. You got the wrong one. There's no way I can do it. He didn't understand what was yours. It's yours. Let's go to verse 16. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. I know you have some doubts about yourself, but surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I know the odds don't look good. I know their army is huge and they're powerful. And for the last seven years, you felt the strength of their power. But don't you know that that was me who caused that? But now time's up for them. The seven years are over. I'm coming to deliver you, and you're the one that I chose. Sometimes we look at ourselves in ways that are inconsistent with what God sees. We serve a God whose strength is made perfect in weakness. And sometimes he chooses a vessel that will honor him, that will know that there's no way I could have done this. If there's somebody too rich and too smart and too powerful and too influential, they will take the glory for themselves. But God said, I know this one right here, if I could just get him to hear me, if I could just get him to hear me, he's going to deliver Israel. And so let's go one more verse, verse 17, before we move on. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. God, I'm having a conversation. I hear, but I don't know if who I'm talking to is the Lord. I don't know. Some people, when God speaks to their spirit, they don't know if it's him. They'll say, well, one mind told me, or my mind said this. Not sure that it's him. You can't even identify that it was, that it is the Lord. That was the problem he was having. And he's like, God, you got to help me. 
if this is really you, then if I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring my offering and set it before you. He knew enough to bring in an offering to God. He said, I need, I need some clarity. If you are really God, then I want you, I'm going to take this piece of wool, this fleece, and I'm going to put it on the grass. And when I wake up in the morning, the dew that comes up, I pray that this word would be as the dew of Hermon for you today. The dew will come up. The dew, let the dew be all around it, but let this fleece remain dry. Gideon wakes up in the morning and he goes, you can read the, cha the sixth chapter of Judges uh, after. This will be your homework. He picks it up and it's totally dry. The dew is everywhere. Probably if he walked out bare feet, his feet would have been soaked. Dew is everywhere, but the fleece was dry. He said, Lord, don't be angry with me, but if this is really you, this time let the ground be dry and let the fleece be wet. He wakes up, God did that. And do you know, even after those signs, he still could not hear clearly. Now, do you think it was self-doubt because of his, his poor self-esteem, or did he doubt God? Based on his inquiry and him trying to be sure that this was God, he doubted himself so much that he couldn't believe God. He doubted himself so much he couldn't believe that God would use him. He thought that there were other people who were better. Your qualifications don't make you better. It is the presence of God that makes you better. And if God is going to be with you, then you're good. You are good. It doesn't matter what your station is. It doesn't matter what your position is in the community. When God is with you, he's more than enough. Let's go to Judges 7, 9 and 15, so we can bring this thing home. We're still talking about hearing. Judges 7 and 9 reads, it happened. It happened. Something's going to happen for somebody. Something is going to happen for somebody. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. The same night. What night was this? Well, earlier that day, Gideon had rounded up an army. He's like, Lord, if you twist my arm, I got to do it, but I need some help. He had 32,000 people that he had chosen. And God said to him, nope, I haven't chosen them. And he said, you go back and you tell them, anyone who's fearful, go home. 10,000 walked away. He went from 32,000 to 300. 
on that same night, after he had 300 people to fight against the nation of Midian, the Midianites, God said to him, arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. Verse 10. But if you are afraid, I thought all the people who were afraid already went home. God knows what's in us. He didn't reject Gideon because of his fear, because he chose him. What God is doing is getting the fear out of him. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. And he's going to get in you and in me what we need in order to do his will and to walk in his purpose and for us to walk in our destiny. He said, but if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. Now, the 300 stayed behind. God is saying, just the two of you go. How does that help? We'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 11. And you shall hear. Don't, don't miss this. Hear. Somebody say, and you shall hear. You shall hear. Somebody who's had a hard time knowing, is this God or not? God is saying, you shall hear. I know you've been struggling. It's been a hard thing. You hear contradictory things. Things that you experience don't line up with what you're hearing. But God is saying to you, you shall hear. The time of confusion is past. You shall hear. You're not going to be hot between two opinions anymore. You shall hear. My God. And then he's saying to still others, I hope you're hearing God. He's saying to others, you shall hear what they say. God is saying, you won't hear me. I've been talking to you from the days of your youth. Yes, I've been talking to you since you've been a child, but you, have, you don't seem to hear me. You continue to want more evidence, more proof, and a sign. He said, but you're going to hear what they say. Here's the $64,000 question. Who are they? Who are they? They are your enemies. He's sending them into the enemy's camp. He said, you shall hear what they say, and afterwards your hand shall be strengthened to go down against that camp. Get ready for your hands to be strengthened. God has been speaking to Gideon all this time. He sends an angel. He doesn't hear the angel. God, the Lord then turns to him. He doesn't hear him. He said, but you're going to go down to this camp, and then you will hear what they say, and then your hands going to be strengthened. God will find a way for us to hear him. Sometimes he, he has to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. This is evidence of that. He said, when you go to that camp, your hand is going to be strengthened. Now, how does that happen? Then he went down 
with Pura, his servant to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now, it's only two of them. They're going at night amongst armed men, armed men at the word of the Lord. Let's go to verse 12. Keep that in mind. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, they were, these are the sons of Ishmael. When Joseph was taken into slavery, a band of Midianites and Amalekites came and got him and took him out of that ditch and took him down to Egypt. All the people of the East were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore and multitude. To God was setting Gideon up. He said, I know you've had, you've struggled with this. You are struggling with your own self-doubt. You have very low self-esteem. You don't really know me, but I know you. That's why I came to you. I prepared you for this. I know that in your father's house, you grew up with a Baal-worshipping father. But now, I'm coming to you. I want you to encounter me for yourself. Because I chose you to deliver this nation. And you're going to deliver them as one man. You have not heard me, but you're going to hear tonight. Now, he goes down. There's these armed men. Let's, let's go to the next verse. These armed people. And in verse 13, it says, and when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. So imagine Gideon and Pura on the outskirts. I wonder what they thought when they saw the army like locust, when they saw their camels without number. You think that intimidated them? But when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. Next verse. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Verse 15. And so it was. The writer says, and so it was. We say, and so it is. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped, this same Gideon who needed a sign, the sign of the fleece, now he begins to worship. He said, God, there's something about God when he's trying to get our attention. Sometimes our enemy 
knows what's on us before we know what's on us. God said, you're a man of valor. This man who interpreted the dream said, this is nothing but Gideon. This man didn't know God, but God revealed to him who Gideon was. Sometimes God is saying to you, you're going to know my language when you hear from them. When they, when you hear what they say, those who you know are against you, I'm going to tell you what I've done for you through them. Those who you know want to bring you down. Those who you know want to harm you. When you hear what they say, you're going to know that I am God. Put the verse back up. Put the verse back up. He returned So it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped, he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. Now he's full of faith. What changed Gideon when he heard what they said? He understood what the Lord was saying. See this Barley bread, the barley bread, Gideon would have got that right away because in Israel, that was the cheapest bread or form of grain that you could buy. That was poor people's food. Remember, Gideon saw himself as the least. I'm I'm weak. I'm the least in my father's house. We're poor. We don't have much. God said, I'm going to show you a sign of something that's poor, that you can relate to, that's going to go and take the tent. He understood what the tent meant. When the Israelites came out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness, they dwelt in tents. He understood that the tent represented a dwelling place for nations. God's going to speak to somebody in a language they understand so that you hear him. When you hear what they say, Gideon understood God is going to take this poor man. As David said, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't be afraid. You have nothing to fear. The Lord is with you. It's yours. It's already yours. Go get it. Go get it. God has already given it to you. You're going to be like that barley tumbling down and knocking over that tent. Hasn't God said you're going to overcome? You're more than a conqueror through him that loved him. I hope you can hear God today. I hope you can hear the Holy Ghost speaking to your situation, speaking to your circumstance. It's time to come out of there. It's time to come out of that cave. No more hiding. Time's up. Time's up. When the seven years was up, the people of God was set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's time to come out of hiding. It's time to be released. God, release somebody now. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray that they would hear what you're saying. If they don't hear what you're saying, when they hear what they say, when they hear what they say, they're going to come. Their hands are going to be strengthened. You're strengthening somebody's hands right now. You're strengthening somebody's hands. Strengthen them with might in their innermost being that they might overcome their self-doubt, that they might overcome all those things that held them back. No more low self-esteem. Let their confidence be in you. Let there be no glory in flesh, but confidence in you.
I hear the Lord asking, do you hear me? Do you hear me now? Do you hear me now? I've prepared some things for you that are already yours. You just have to go get it. Gideon then went back to the camp and said, arise. The Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. That shows understanding. At first, Gideon thought it was just about him. When he was resisting the Lord, Lord, I, he was focused on himself. I'm from Manasseh. We're the weakest. I'm the least in the family. God, I can't do it. How shall I? When he heard what they said, he understood what the Lord was saying and what the Lord was doing. Then he said, he's delivered it into your hand. God has set this nation free. He understood. And from that time, he went and he told the 300. Only 300. Remember, he saw the armies that were armed like locusts on the land and the camels that were as numerous as the sand on the sea. He had 300. He split them up into three companies. A hundred here, a hundred here. What is 300 against them? And God gave him some innovation that is still present today in 2022. He told them to get a picture, which is kind of like in modern day, you would say a glass or a bottle. And he told them to put a torch in it. All they had was a sword in one hand, and he heard that word, the sword of Gideon, and they had the lamp in the other. There was fire inside, a torch inside that lamp, and let's say some explosives. Gideon is the first one to use what is known today as a Molotov cocktail. About a week ago, I was watching normal Ukrainian citizens, some elderly, some young, they're not in the military. They said, we're gonna defend this land. And they were showing them, and you know what they were making? Molotov cocktails. The same thing that God told Gideon to do in order to beat forces that were much stronger. The odds were against them. The numbers, it didn't look like a fair fight. And it wasn't a fair fight because God was on the side of the 300. Not one of them was lost. And all they had to do is say the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon and their enemies fell before them. I wonder what God is doing with this little weak nation called Ukraine, whose president is a son of Abraham, is a son of Abraham. And inside that nation, there are 400,000 Israelis, a remnant. God will fight just for the remnant. There's no secret what God can do. And what he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. There is no secret what God can do. I hope you're hearing the voice of God today. 
But God wants you to know that if you don't hear him, when you hear what they say, your hands are going to be strengthened. In other words, God is going to get our attention. He's going to tell us. He's going to whisper sweet nothings in our ear. He wants to bring us to a place of victory. He wants to take us from a place of defeat. He wants to liberate us so that there's no need for us to hide. There's no need for us to be plundered. And the things that we've experienced before, we shall experience no more. Father, we thank you for the hearing in our ears. We thank you for instructing us that that which we hear in our ears, we ought to shout on the rooftops. I pray, God, that there would be rejoicing because of what you have spoken. Continue to speak to your servants in a language that they understand. God, not everybody can read. We take for granted that there are people who need you, who seek you, and they can't read. And some of them, because of pride, because they are, their fear of being judged by others, are in silence. For those, God, I speak prophetically today that they will hear what they say. They're going to hear it from the mouth of others and you will translate it for them. They will get it from preaching. They'll get it from teaching. And you will give them fresh revelation. None shall be left behind. I pray that you would give compassion to those to sense ways to help and to bring in those who appear to be lacking like Gideon who himself could not believe that you would use him. There's somebody who hears my voice as I pray who feels like they don't have what it takes. There's no way they could be used of you because they lack so much. But God let them know what they lack, you're full of. What they lack, you're full of. And what they're doubting, you're sure of. There's nothing, God, there's nobody too high or too low that you can't reach. Would you stoop down, Jesus? Jesus, would you stoop down from your place in glory and reach them where they are? God, would you stoop down and write on the ground something they would understand as you did for the woman who was caught in adultery. No one knows what you wrote, but she understood it just as you communicated with her in a language that she understood and she understood redemption and forgiveness that day. Would you stoop down now? so that somebody can hear you clearly.
and know your power and know your redemption. We weep between the altar and the porch. I pray today, God, that my tears would be as the tears of the Bracco family when they heard their child speak a word that was from you. Let this be so in some home today. Let this be so in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We need to hear from you. Unstop every ear now. In Jesus' name, amen. May the power of God be your portion and be your lot. May you hear the still, small voice. May you comprehend it. May you hear what they say and be strengthened. God wants me to clarify something. God has many ways of speaking to us. And sometimes when we are spiritually uncapable of hearing him, he will speak from another place because he knows we, like Gideon, are more inclined to hear what they say than to hear what he says. And when you hear your enemies saying things for your good, when you know they're against you, your hands shall be strengthened and you will know that God, your God, is speaking to you so that you would rise up and do all that he's called you to do. You're able to do it. Your paths shall drip with abundance. This is your time. The God who's a God of times and seasons from the beginning of creation wants us to discern the times and understand this Kairos moment, an opportune time for the people of God. Go in this the might and the power of God. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.